take responsibility for that. I'm gonna learn from it. I'm gonna learn from it. We're gonna be a better team from it. I believe that. Um, I truly believe that. You know, you take you a deuce. You don't. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're gonna flush it. All right, everybody. That's Jalen Hurts post game after the loss last night in Dallas. Some um, interesting comments, an interesting heard. analogy there. T, what do you think? That's the stupidest line I think I've ever heard in my damn life. I don't, I'm not. Well, when I go to the bathroom, I'm not looking behind me to look at the deuce. What is wrong? I, I understand what he was trying to say, but that was just a horrible, horrible analogy. Very interesting comments. But anyway, welcome in, everybody. Philly Experience Podcast back with you guys today. Max Cortula, Tire Hood, Tanner Gilmartin coming off of an Eagles loss. Disappointing last night from start to finish, really. I know that Fletcher Cox had a big play in the end zone. But other than that, really no, no not too many bright spots for this Eagles team. And Jalen Hurts really summed it up post game there. That's why we wanted to open it up with the with a quote today from Hurts himself, who played poorly. And we'll get into that very shortly. But takeaways are early on. off. Uh, I think the whole city of Philadelphia is today. I really do. And uh, it's a lot to digest. And there's some things we got to look forward to and then really flip the script here on the short week, of course, and get into that as well. But you got to have some takeaways uh, after this one. Not too many positives, though, I wouldn't imagine. I was about to say, are there any damn positives? Are, are, can, can someone help? Y'all help me. Like, it, I don't, where is the damn positive? There's no damn positive to take out of this game other than the fact that this is a rebuilding year. That's the only positive thing I can pretty much say about that game. That game absolutely sucked on all sides, except for special teams. But other than that, all sides sucked. Coaching sucked. Offense sucked. Defense sucked. Everybody sucked. All right. You know what? You know what? That's going to be the title of this freaking episode. Everything sucked because that's how I feel at this point. You don't. Where? There's so many things I can get into. Wait, let's let's just let's start it off. Uh, Jalen Hurts did not have a good game. He was horrible. Okay, he was absolutely horrible. The garbage touchdown at the end shouldn't count. I'll be the first to admit it. Jalen Hurts was horrible. However, I will say this though, and this is going to lead into my running back talk as well. <sighs> Nick Sirianni failed Jalen Hurts. You, Jalen Hurts isn't the type of quarterback where you need to be marching him out there and throwing the ball 40, 50 times. He's not that type of quarterback, okay? Especially considering the fact that he's essentially a rookie, and this was that was only his seventh NFL start. So I got an issue with that right there. On top of that, going into my running backs, why? Why the hell? Why are there only three designed runs the entire stinking game? How in the hell do you call a game where you only call design run three damn times. The one time that Miles Sanders touched the ball, he ran for 24 yards. In my opinion, Miles Sanders is your most dynamic offensive player. Why are there not any designs for him to get the ball? Why are you kidding me? Nick Sirianni, Coach Sirianni, you cannot. Cannot. No, no. This is the second week in a row where I question your play calling. Now I'm suspicious. And I hate to say that after two games, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to give people chances, but this is your second game in a row where I have suspected. I'm real suspect about your play calling. And it's 
For me, it's infuriating. Listen, I don't know too too much about offense, especially in terms of play calling, but I do know you're not going to win a damn game running the ball only three damn times. I know I said I wasn't going to yell this year. I'm not, but that's just outrageous. How do you get to uh, become a coach in the NFL and you come out with a game plan where you only run the damn ball three times? I I I cannot get over that. Yes, Jalen Hurts did not play well, but you do not help the young quarterback out by forcing him to throw more balls. You just cannot do that. This is the NFL. And then we're not even the right receivers. Devontae Smith. So T, go T, ahead. real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So first you start off blaming Jalen Hurts for the loss, and then you say it's not his fault. Which side are you on? I'm not. Is this Jalen Hurts' fault or not? I'm blaming everybody. Everybody had a part in this. I'm, there's not one person that's more responsible than the other. Nick Sirianni did not put Jalen Hurts in a position in a good position. However, Jalen Hurts did not help himself out with the game that he had. Not to mention the fact that these receivers can't get open. Devontae Smith can't catch a contested pass, which look, okay, the ball might have been thrown a little bit behind. However, this is still the NFL, Devontae. You ain't going to be running wide open like you were at Alabama. This is the big leagues now, Doc. You ain't going to be running wide open. You're going to need to learn how to make those contested catches. Do I think he will? Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Quez Watkins need to be playing more snaps because this is ridiculous because Jalen Greger provides nothing, absolutely barely anything on offense. Jalen Greger just exists on offense, and the only reason why he's playing is because of his um, – because of his history of being a first-round pick. That's it. That's the only reason why he even plays in the game. Then we lose, according to uh, Derek Gunn, apparently we lost Isaac Siamalu for the rest of the damn season with a foot fracture. So now we, he's out, along with Brandon Brooks from last week. Now the offensive line looks to be in shambles a little bit. This is a repeat of last year. I'm, yeah, I'm a little frustrated. I'm not even going front. I'm a little... A little tense. Was was there a game yesterday? Yeah, no, no. I, I I couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, I, listen, I, I know it sucks losing to the Dallas Cowboys. It's such a huge rivalry for Philadelphia Eagles fans. Um, yeah, it's starting to become a little one sided. Um, in in the rivalry, um, us as Eagles fans care a little more about the rivalry than <clears throat> Dallas fans, and that's just Dallas looks more towards those Washington matchups. But every time you face the Cowboys as the Eagles, the point is to win, and it stings because it's the Cowboys, but people forget that this is a rebuilding season. Going into it, the season started up, and people, those thoughts flew right out the window. They expected to see winners. Okay, you play a Falcons team that's really not that great. And when most of the Falcons players are not on point, it makes the Eagles look really well at really good and a team that can beat the 49ers going into the 49ers game. It was not that close to be honest with you until at the end of the game where there was slivers of hope. And that's when coach was on strength was questioned. And in this game, the same thing under throwing passes and you can't put, the blame on Jalen Hurts. He said in the press conference that he wants to put. And T, you asked a good thing to come from this game. It's seeing how much of a leader Jalen Hurts is. Carson Wentz was terrible on press conferences after games. 
Um, everything had to be about him or why it was someone else's fault. And he's now look what he's doing in Indianapolis. So the decision was correct that the Eagles made getting Carson Wentz out of here, bringing Jalen Hurts up to the starting position. He is a young quarterback, talented. And honestly, when he gets a good offensive line around him, I'm curious to see how great he's going to be. Yeah, I don't think so, um, fortunately. And you guys know I haven't been a hurt, big Hurts guy, and I, I've always said, you know, give him a shot, give him an opportunity. We don't really have anybody else. I mean, he's better than Joe Flacco, so I guess that's a positive. But um, at the end of the day, he, he played really, really poorly. And I think last night's game, in a way, is even so not just about how bad the Eagles played, but how good the Cowboys actually are, you know, coming off of two weeks in a row, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the very last minute slash play of the game come out and they and and then week two they go on the road to la beat the chargers who by the way just beat the kansas city chiefs in arrowhead yesterday as well or two days ago as well so those two games there now they're battle tested and everybody was saying you know listen cowboys defense is very very weak um and they were last year and then we're expecting much of the same this year and it's like okay hurts gets to face a pretty poor offense or a pretty poor defense in dallas he's hopefully there's going to be some points put up and, um, you know, outside of that w- one quick drive where I felt like Dallas might have just quit in a way, um, and he threw that touchdown pass to Zach Ertz. And uh, the, also later in that game, the meaningless play to Greg Ward in the end zone. So I think regardless of uh, – one thing I wanted to point out too is it's not like Dallas had a great field position to start. It's not like, oh, the Eagles' defense was poor. They gave Dallas great field position. Our punter was was great. He was our MVP yesterday or, or on Monday night. So – he really was booting that thing back deep into the Dallas zone. And then all of a sudden, the Dallas was able to just make drives and bring the ball down the field. Um, I thought the, in the trenches, first of all, our offensive line is now destroyed. And that's something we all mentioned that needed to stay healthy if we're going to have success. Now we're missing three out of the five offensive linemen uh, up front. In the trenches, Fletcher Cox doesn't look like the same guy at all. And Javon Hargrave looks to be 10 times better than him. And the the, the pass rush just could not put any pressure on Dak Prescott. They couldn't stop the run. Every time Zeke or Tony Pollard touched the ball, they were getting seven, eight, nine-yard chunk plays down the field. There really wasn't one part of this game at all where you can point at and say the Eagles play well. It's play calling, too. Um, but Hurts, again, it's it, it, the quarterback's going to take most of the heat, as he should. And uh, there's, some poor, there's some poor decision-making. There's some poor – um, uh, the, the arm strength is now questionable. Uh, that, that throw down the sideline early on in the game, um, that play was that ball was 10 yards underthrown. I mean, that has to be in the end zone, um, not even close to. And Anthony Brown had the easiest interception that he's going to have probably this season. Um, so, so there's, a, I mean, how many different ways do you want to take this really in, into a negative? Is, is the question. The thing of it is, yeah, you know, on, I'm sorry, Tanner. Um, on that throw to, to, um, on the sideline to Jalen Rager in the beginning, the one that got intercepted. Jalen Hurst just put too much air up under that ball. And it, honestly, even coming out of training camp, we heard, you know, the stories and the rumors about how, you know, Hurts didn't exactly have a good deep ball. And, you know, it, it was a bit of a question mark. And it, unfortunately, it's still rearing its ugly head. And the only thing I can say about that is, you know, some quarterbacks are just naturally gifted with the deep ball. Um, Michael Vick was. Carson Wentz has a pretty good deep ball. Donovan McNabb was famously was uh, 
known famously for, you know, the, the play action bootleg, you know, deep balls down the field. It's just something that Jalen Hurts is going to have to develop. When Dak Prescott was first drafted, you know, the, the rhetoric was, you know, if you force him to throw that ball deep, you know, you can get him to throw a, you know, throw up a duck because he wasn't that good of a deep passer. And now he's refined that part of his game to where he's a whole lot more accurate, uh, you know, going deep. So I'm going to say that, you know, that part of his game can be developed. Um, you know, hopefully it can be developed and, you know, hopefully he can become a, a better quarterback in terms of the defense. And this is where I'm probably the most disappointed in. This is the part where I'm infuriated about. I know I said I wasn't going to be, you know, furious about this team this year, but the defensive side of the ball is the, is the side of the ball where I'm, I'm most furious about because that's the side of the ball where I expected to see, you know, an improvement. That's the side of the ball that has more experience. Like Max, you alluded to it and you know what? I was blind to it for a, a long time now doing this show with you guys. Fletcher Cox is not the same player. Um, a hundred million dollars. $100 million was his yeah. damn contract. Wow, that's I am, a lot of salary. Cost. I am paying you money to make a damn play. Why is Javon Hargrave making all the damn plays and you aren't? I don't give a, I don't want to hear that you're double teamed. I don't want to hear about any of that, okay? You are an all-pro, pro bowl defensive lineman. Play like it. I'm paying you. No, I'm not paying the Philadelphia Eagles are paying Fletcher Cox way too much damn money to not make a damn play. And the only stat that you can say and hang your hat on from last night's game is a fumble recovery for a touchdown in which Javon Hargrave put in all the damn work and got the strip sack. That's ridiculous. Where is Fletcher Cox? Josh Sweat needs to be playing more snaps. Ryan Kerrigan is a complete non-factor. And don't get me started on Derek Barnett. It, it's, no, I agree. I tell you everything you just said. I agree with every. I literally, I can't disagree with anything you just said. Everything that came out of your mouth, I agree with Tanner. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just crazy to see how different uh, these conversations would be if the Eagles had one wouldn't focus uh, much on how Fletcher Cox hasn't been producing because he did get that that fumble recovery touchdown. But this is so easy for Jalen Hurts haters. Because, first of all, it's just week three. You have Jalen Hurts, um, people that aren't fans of Jalen Hurts, saying, I've read multiple articles that say this, he's trying too hard to not throw interceptions. Well, this week he throws two, and now people are saying he's too sloppy with the ball. There's no winning for for a guy like Jalen Hurts right now in the media, especially in Philadelphia. But what needs to be done is there needs to obviously be clear improvement. It's not a secret that Jalen Hurts underthrows balls to in critical position too. They, I mean, I definitely want to see Jalen Hurts hit those targets, Absolutely. hit Devontae Smith deep. I mean, game one was such a fairy tale. It was, it was a fairy tale. That's what we were watching. First game of the season, it was, it was too much for our Eagle Hearts to to handle because the expectations rose so high. Once again, people forgot how this season is supposed to go. But you have a young quarterback, basically an entire young or new staff on this team. And Nick Sirianni, who 
I going into it, I knew it it was going to go into coaching. And right there, you already assume that Nick Sirianni is going to get the short end of the stick because he's up against Mike McCarthy. And that's true. His play calling was stale. I was unimpressed with that offense. And why not feed Booby more? Why, why not give Miles Sanders the ball more? Um, he's got to be just wanting, almost kind of wanting out of Philadelphia at this point because of just the, just the, he's being ignored um, to keep it short. Miles Sanders is being ignored. He's underappreciated. Uh, another player that Max doesn't really like. But, I mean, this is the Philadelphia Eagles. There, we can't really change anything about them right now. You got to go with what they have. The offense is depleted. The, the offensive line is depleted. You got some old geezers on the line. I'm looking at you, Jason Kelsey. He's doing his job. But other than that, it's just it's hard when you have constantly guys out. Brandon Brooks should have been traded last year, by the way. I brought this up um, I, before last season in a trade. Brandon Brooks should have been gone because in my opinion he cannot play a full season in the nfl and and like he's just constantly out whether it's um something more personal um and stuff with when he was on what was that um hard knocks or what was the show the eagles were on but that really it's just it's hard for a young quarterback to be behind a line and focusing on precision with passes whether to throw it away or run with it he's a mobile quarterback but he shouldn't be too aggressive with it running because the eagles can't do well with a mobile quarterback so many things going against Jalen hurts it is week three and unfortunately it was against the cowboys next time the eagles play the cowboys will be the very last game of the season so i'll be curious to see how this team changes um kind of their mindset you can't really expect surprise wins from this team um you have the chiefs coming in at one and two bottom of their division which is a complete surprise you almost look at their division and think it's kind of in reverse but i mean there's a lot of sneaky good teams this year low-key teams like the broncos and the panthers and it's just it's not going to be the Eagles' season and there's going to be probably two more seasons where the eagles don't even make the playoffs you just Got to relax and go with the flow. The only thing I'm going to disagree with with what you said was um, not necessarily disagree. I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of trading Brandon Brooks. However, when you have a player that's on the wrong side of 30, albeit still very talented, still considered one of the best guards in the NFL. When you factor in all his issues with, you know, the anxiety and then you couple that with the injuries. The trade market for Brandon Brooks isn't going to be that good. I, I think there was a rumor out there um, this past offseason that Brandon Brooks was being shopped. The issue is, one, who was going to replace him, and two, where is the market value for Brandon Brooks? Like, there's, there's, really, there's really not a, a good market out there for him due to the simple fact that, you know, of the issues that I just described. And in terms of replacing him, look, I, I'm i still holding out hope for Landon Dickerson because I've seen how he played last year, you know, for Alabama. But Landon Dickerson the past couple of games has been getting his ass kicked. And that's, yeah, and I that's wanted, unfortunate. I wanted your opinion on, on Landon, Dickerson, Landon Dickerson. I wanted to know what you thought. 
Leonard Dickerson is getting his ass kicked, and there's no there's no fans or butts about that. Leonard Dickerson right now, uh, strength wise, like he may have mauled people in college, but those are little boys. You're dealing with grown men in the NFL, and right now he's not doing a hot job of it. And and it could just be rookie struggles. It could be you know him just you know just needing some time to adjust to the NFL, especially considering the fact that he's coming off of an I believe an Achilles injury. So look. Uh, I got to give Dickerson a shot and at this point, you know, I, I got to be patient, but he's got to be better. And, you know, speaking of the trenches and Max kind of alluded to it earlier, the trenches on both sides are an issue. And that was the part where I think we all agree going into the season that, you know, we thought that was a strength for this team was the trenches on both sides. Yes. And now they're, and now a la last year, they're turning into a liability and that's an issue. Because that's where the that's the one part of the Philadelphia Eagles organization where they are always stout at, is that is building the damn trenches. And unfortunately those trenches are falling. Those trenches need to be replaced. Those trenches are getting old. They need to be refined. They need to be upgraded. They need to get younger. And that's the main issue. Max, we were talking about this before the show even started. How a, it's a trickle down effect. The reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are ultimately in this position now where they have to go through a rebuilding year, forget about the Carson Wentz situation just for a second. Just draft-wise, drafting has been completely horrible for this team. It's the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are in cap hell because they had to go out and sign guys via free agency and overpay them because you couldn't draft well enough to get a player to play whatever position that you needed. I'm sorry, but you can't... This all stems from Howie Roseman. It does. Yeah. This is, this is I all actually, Howie Roseman's fault. I, I want to bring up a real quick question, T, because you went into a great point. Could you imagine how much of a better spot the Eagles would be in if they hit on their their last two drafts? After Carson Wentz leaves, there's less of a recovery time for the Eagles to really get back. Now there's this long rebuilding process instead of going back, not this last draft. I'm actually fine with this last yeah, this draft, last draft is but two seasons prior, the two seasons prior, just an awful, awful draft that didn't really help the team. There's a few players in each class that, okay, they they help. They're, they're I guess you could say they're a good part of the team. But could you imagine how, how much better this Eagles team would be with youngsters, not really worrying about the old guys heading out, but just sort of building up the young talent. Now the Eagles have to start that this season. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. They, they you got to start it. You should have been started it to be honest with you. I mean, I'm 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 looking at the 2020 NFL draft class right now. Rager is I I, I hate to say this, unfortunately, but Rager is a non-factor at this point. There's nothing special that he does. Even on punt returns, he's not even that special. Jalen Hurts is still yet to be desired. Davion Taylor can't even get on the damn field yet. Kayvon Wallace is okay. Jack Driscoll is injured. John Hightower doesn't get on the field. Sean Bradley is a part of that horrible linebacking core. The only person I'm looking at this whole entire list right now that's contributing right now in any positive way is Quez Watkins. That's an issue. Like, drafting has got to get better. It's... It's the foundation of every good organization. Drafting. Drafting well. 
There's a reason why organizations like the Patriots for as long as they were dominant. There is a reason why they continue to stay relevant and it is because of their drafting and what also, and I'm going to, and I'm going to kind of get into this a little bit as well, not to change the subject, but what you saw last night between the two different defenses, between the Cowboys defense and the Eagles defense, what you saw last night was the difference between an organization that values linebackers and an organization that does not value linebackers. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear anything more about Alex Singleton. I don't. He's an average player at best who is a liability in coverage. I already I went on my that. rant about Eric Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I agree. T, uh, that statement about Alex Singleton is like perfect. Uh, that right there, he's a, he's a serviceable linebacker that is poor in coverage. I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. Here's why I think the defense isn't in, a, isn't in shambles. I like Darius Slay, and I know there was some breakdowns in the defensive secondary yesterday. I understand that. Uh, Dalton Schultz had one where he got behind a defense in the end zone. I understand that. Especially, I'm not going to count his second touchdown because I think the guys just quit um, on that play where he like just ran through like eight guys and got into the end zone. But, but I you, think Slay but you shouldn't overlook the to, fact that they quit, though. You should not no, overlook the fact you that they quit. You shouldn't, but, but at the end of the day, the, game, the game's over to that point. Like, I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit here and say, oh, I'll quit on the play. Like, well, like the game's over. It doesn't matter. But I understand, like, your, your mindset from a coaching standpoint. Like, coaches don't want to see that. I understand. But at the end of the day, like, don't, don't dive and make a tackle and, and separate another shoulder for a different player. It's, it's not going to make a difference. But my whole point was I think Slay and Nelson have been okay, not great, but those are the guys you have in the second. They haven't made a play where it's like, wow, like that, what the hell? How did that guy just get that wide open, you know, on off the of Slay or off the of Nelson? I think Marcus Epps surprisingly had a couple of nice plays yesterday. One I can remember when uh, Jarwin was right open and over the middle, and Epps kind of just came in and popped them. A couple of real nice tackles. We're going to get Rodney McLeod back soon, hopefully. So the secondary, which last year was our biggest weakness, I'm not going to call it a strength, but it's not a huge. Um, a huge weakness, like well, like it opened our eyes last year. I think if we could get the the linebackers, if like here's here's what I say: this Jalen Smith from the Dallas Cowboys is one of the best linebackers I've seen this season. When you talk about one size and physicality, but the fact that he can run sideline to sideline at the rate of speed that he does, I'm I'm seeing her scramble out of the pocket. You know, he's got some open grass in front Jaylen of him. I'm Smith like, okay, right there with he's good. He's going to pick up like 10, 12 yards, and Jalen Smith would not let Jalen Hurts get, I mean, barely a yard or two and push him out of bounds. I was like, did that guy just close sideline to sideline that quickly? And it's like, yeah, legit. So that's where it comes into play. Alex Singleton's just not athletic enough. Eric Wilson, same thing. We're just going to need the linebackers, that that position, we're just going to need some more athletic. Now, Jalen Smith is a freak athlete, don't get me wrong. But if you can just find some athletic and, and bigger-sized athletes, of course, that would make your your uh, your team a hell of a lot better. But athletes are key with that position too. And I think uh, with what we have now, we, I think Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson, size wise, they're okay. They're in great shape, but they're not athletic enough to, and quick enough to get there. And, and that's kind of where I thought maybe Davion Taylor, being a smaller, quicker guy, would be able to step up and maybe being a third round pick. You know, maybe not the most physical player, but he has the speed element to maybe be able to keep up with some of these guys. Here's the thing with smaller linebackers. Now when they have to, you know, participate in the run game, which we clearly saw last night, when these smaller linebackers have to participate in the run game, guess what happens? They get eaten up by these linemen. They're not strong enough to shed off the linemen. 
there's a great there's a gray area there too because you got to pick you know what are, what are you going to go with are you going to go with the bigger I mean everybody wants a Jalen Smith on their team right a guy that can stop the run and then run sideline to sideline right everybody wants that but sometimes those guys don't fall off the trees so you got to pick and choose what kind of thing what do you want do you want a smaller quicker guy that can run fast sideline to sideline or do you want a guy that can stop him in the trenches there's... and unfortunately last night Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson being bigger linebackers weren't able to stop anything in the trenches so it doesn't really matter here's the thing though Max Jalen Smith is both. Jalen Smith and Micah Parsons, yeah. they both have the size. They both have the speed. They both have the athleticism. They both have the football IQ. Like, the Cowboys know how to draft and value their linebackers. Do they overpay them? Yes. But they draft that position. They value that position. They put stock into that position. You cannot continue to be a defense and a successful defense at that with the lack and weakness at the linebacker position. You cannot do it. Okay, I cannot. And that goes into another thing, too. I cannot identify. What is this defense like? What is their identity? Are they strong up front? No, you clearly saw that all they was. All the Cowboys were doing was running completely dead up the middle and they couldn't stop Tony Pallet or Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott looked like he dipped into the fountain of youth last night when he yep. looked when he looked like a shell of his former self for the past two weeks. And then the soft coverage in defense, and you alluded to a little bit talking about the secondary. This defense is playing once again under another defensive coordinator too damn soft. Why are you playing so far off the line of scrimmage? Hold on, Tay. I hear I hear the Mister Softy truck coming down the street. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's ludicrous, man. That's like why are y'all? I thought we were talking about Ben Simmons for a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was funny. Okay, Tanner, that was a good one. <laughs> but Tanner, we'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, hold I mean, yeah, yeah, we ain't got no thank choice. You. Please. We ain't got no choice. But, but here's here's my thing, yeah, I want to finish this up because I I, I, I like that's kind of where I stand with the two the, the back levels of the defense. And then you talk about the defensive line, the interior. You got what you got. You got Hargrave, you got Cox. You know, you, you're not gonna you got Ridgeway, you got got you got bodies. You got bodies there that are serviceable. Hargrave's been great. Your 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 weakness on the defense right now. Your number one weakness is is the pass rush that you that is non-existent. You, Dak Prescott had all day to throw, um, and really at, he didn't really need a lot of time because a lot of the plays were run plays where they would just go right up the gut with it. So at the end of the day, when you you're going to need to address your your pass rushers in the off season because this is a lost season and we know that there's a lot of weaknesses. You're going to need to address pass rusher, uh, uh, find a linebacker. That, I mean, if you value it which the Eagles clearly don't, but if you if you watch the film and you see other people on opposing teams and how good their linebacking cores are, you go out there and use a first or second round pick on a guy that's super talented. And I mean, that's what you got to do. So from a defensive standpoint, middle of the pack, in my opinion, middle of the pack defense um, who, who will struggle against good offenses when you got to face guys like Cooper, CD, all those guys, they're going to struggle, but serviceable against decent teams. Offensively, you're going to find it. You're going to need to find another quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry to break it to you. You're going to need to find another quarterback. Hurts won't be a starting quarterback in this league for too much longer, um, especially if this season goes in the toilet uh, quicker than we might even think. Because you're going to lose the you're going to lose the Kansas City, you're going to lose the Tampa Bay in a couple weeks. Carolina all of a sudden looks pretty good, um, so it's and and you're going to play Carolina on at their stadium. You're going on the road, so that's not going to help you much at all. You could really be looking at this through the first like six seven weeks of the season with one win. So you're going to need to find another quarterback. Miles Sanders, I'm not I'm not paying a running back. That's I'm sorry, not true. I'm not paying a running back. I'm not paying Miles Sanders a ton of money 
Um, I'll go out there and roll with Gainwell or find another guy um, because I'm not paying a running back. I'm not paying millions of dollars to a running back. I'm just not doing it. Look, look what happened to Zeke. I mean, if you take that Zeke money, Tony Pollard, let's be honest, if you're watching the game last night and you and Tony Pollard and Zeke weren't wearing jerseys and they were just out there, who looked like the better player? I think Tony Pollard looked like the more explosive running back than the two of them. Zeke just looks slow, and I get it. He's big. He can bowl you over. He got two punchies right on the goal line for touchdown. I was just Other about that, to say, there's a reason. Wise, I was just about to say there's a reason why Kayvon Wallace's shoulder is separated. Why? Because he exactly. pulls them over. Exactly. If you look at the stat line and the yards per carry and the averages, my, Tony Pollard leads the league in yards per attempt from a running back position. Over seven yards per carry leads all the running backs. And let's not not to mention we haven't even talked about the penalties. The Eagles oh three, three three weeks of the season they lead. It's it's the most penalties by a, an Eagles team in franchise history, and they lead the league in penalties. Uh, Derek Barnett is terrible. We already talked about him. But the, the receiving core is – is I'm not even going to get into it because that, that is the least of our problems right now. It seems like we keep drafting these guys and drafting these guys, and none of them can break out. Trayvon Diggs completely shut down Devontae Smith last night. I mean, Trayvon Diggs with a pick six. Then he had a couple of breakup plays. I mean, he just knew Devontae Smith being teammates at Alabama going head-to-head with him like the back of his hand. I mean, it looked like Diggs, uh, Smith couldn't get any kind of separation. You brought up a point about the penalties, Max, and you know what? This this comes from two things. This comes from a team being completely undisciplined, which the Philadelphia Eagles are, and it comes from another thing. And I think not a lot of whole lot of people are talking about it, but I forget it was either Mac. I think it was Tanner that you know talked about this. It's the inexperience at the coaching positions. There's nobody who's experienced who has been in the NFL for a long time on his coaching staff that can kind of tell the young guys. Even the young coach, hey, you know, let's try this. Hey, slow it down, calm down, let's try this. There's no experience at the coaching level. At the co- yeah, there's no experience at the coaching level. That's a, that's an issue. There's, Go ahead. There's actually a third thing about those penalties, T. The third thing, they were in Dallas. We knew this was going to happen. Now, I'm not saying every single penalty was just made up. But that pass interference on Dallas Goddard that was not called because the refs are now too focused on taunting or whatever after the play. But during the play, I feel like they're losing more of their focus because they're waiting to flag guys 15 yards for pointing in someone's face and everything. Dallas Goddard basically was in a chokehold during that pass. And that's pretty crazy um, going back and, and looking at these penalty calls. Now, the Eagles are they're sloppy, sloppy. Uh, Derek Barnett, every game, what, one or two penalties that just cost the Eagles? I don't know if y'all – He what's, – what's he – T, I believe you still have my soundbite, but what's he here for? <laughs> I actually do, but yeah, – um... he, he ran across the line of scrimmage, like, for, what, for no reason. Nobody yeah. moved. And then he, he right, and then he thought it was the mannequin <laughs> – Challenge. You try to stay still for a second. He's like, oh, maybe no one will see me. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. What's he here for? But, like, here's the crazy part. So, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but after that penalty, the camera perfectly timed switched to Nick Sirianni, and you can see Nick Sirianni's mouth. Oh, my gosh, it's always him. That's an issue. What? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Going into see, they this. Ran a, let me say, they ran the ball three times last night, two from Sanders, one from Gainwell. So three total times they ran the ball. Yeah, don't remind me. So going into this Chiefs game, this is gut check time for Nick Sirianni. Your team is undisciplined. 
You have a player that for the third week in the damn row is a penalty against him. What the hell are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to get on this team's ass or are you going to continue with the soft rhetoric practices that, that I've been hearing about? This Dude, can't let me continue. Ask you this question, because I, because I, I, I know people like, and I know people are not going to like what I have to like what I what I what they hear from me about Jalen Hurts. But here's my thing: even if I want Jalen Hurts to see, which of course we all want a quarterback to play well, but even so, how is he going to? How is he going to? For the the run game's been non-existent. I mean, Nick Sirianni just doesn't want to run the football, so he's got really no running game to help him out. And even if he does um, it, against against good defenses, it's not really going to help because we don't really have an offensive line that's good. And that's kind of what leads me to my second point. The offensive line of pass protection is going to be poor. So he's going to be constantly running. Um, and they're not going to be able to find too many open receivers because none of our goddamn receivers can get open. So all phases of a quarterback and what they need, the offensive lineman, the running game, the receivers get open. None of that was working right now. So how how are we supposed to say, you're like, oh, Jalen Hurts is going to have a good year. I'm, I, I got high expectations, but I'm still going to keep treading water here. Like how – like. How do you still have faith and confidence that he's going to be successful when everything around him is falling apart? But see, that's the reason why what you said earlier, I completely disagree with, and that was Jalen Hurts is not going to be um, is not a starting NFL quarterback, and he's not going to be here next year. I can't put a stamp on it and guarantee that because of the situation that he is given. Once again, he is essentially a rookie. He is learning how to play in the NFL as we speak. So you got that issue right there. You, you alluded to it just now. Now you got the issue with the offensive line being a shambles. Now you got the issue with wide receivers not being able to get open. Now you got the issue of your coach not running the damn ball. I'm not making excuses for him. And the difference between him and Carson Wentz being ripped is that Carson Wentz is in his fifth, sixth year. So, yeah, I would, I would rip the hell out of Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz knows better. Jalen Hurts is still young. I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. What's crazy is... Twitter last night was already call, calling for Gardner Minshew. I called it. I knew as soon as Jalen Hurts showed a hint of struggle, people would yeah, start calling no, for Gardner no, Minshew. There's sick, not, not, sick people. I'm not getting ridiculous here. Even I'm, I'm not, not getting that I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I saw it. I, I was very concerned with Hurts because I mentioned all those things, but then I watched his play as well. And he, he had late in that game. The game wasn't completely – I mean, it was, it was almost over, but it wasn't completely over. He missed Dallas Goddard right across the middle twice on the same play from opposite sides that that was open. And he could just completely, I mean, Dallas Goddard had about 20, 30 yards ahead of him to run. And I also want to say this to wrap up my point, that Quez Watkins catch on like third and 15 for like 40 yards, that that damn ball was underthrown again. I mean, Quez had to stop and kind of reach backwards over to the defender to catch that football. I mean, it's just, it's the, it's the constant luck slash mistakes that I've seen from him that really give me no true confidence. It's one of those, but it's one of those things where he's just going to have to develop. Once again, Dak Prescott wasn't a, a, was not a good deep throw, a deep pass thrower when he first came into the NFL, but he developed. It's just one of those things Jalen Hurts is going to have to develop. But for the meantime, if you have a guy that's deep, throw it up. Throw it early. Don't throw it late. If you know you have an inability to really throw it deep, throw that thing up early. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. And Dak Prescott, I don't know if you remember this because I know we watched the whole game. Dak Prescott's best thrown ball of the game didn't even count. It was that Cedric Wilson catch down the sideline. That was that was sick. That's that, for, I just want to talk about that for a second. I'm glad you brought it up because why should Nick Sirianni have to throw the challenge flag on that play? 
obviously in real time didn't look like a like an inbounds catch right and the replay clearly showed it wasn't why it just now nick sirianni obviously it wasn't a close game so it doesn't really matter but sirianni has to throw his challenge flag and there goes a challenge one challenge for the game uh of course you get your timeouts back but it's just calls like that that obviously you can point at happening every game, but going into Jalen Hurts and why the people that are behind him have the time to, or like the goal, I guess, to expect him to take some time is that you look around the NFL, look at quarterbacks that were just terribly misplaced. Um, uh, Matthew Stafford is a guy you could say, although his numbers were just phenomenal his whole career, but being on the Rams and just giving him weapons, just giving him a coach. (laughs) Right. More specifically, Sam Darnold, a guy who was just bomb garbage. People were calling him the worst quarterback. Now look at him leading the Panthers undefeated still, I believe. Yep. Yeah, 3-0. But now Jalen Hurts is different from these other guys. And it's so easy to, because if the Eagles are 2-1, and one, I mean, who's to say, why can't Jalen Hurts be an NFL starter? But since things are turned around, why do you think Jalen Hurts can be an NFL starter and stuff like that? It's just situation. And I'll give you this, Max. By the halfway point, I think we will be able to tell. It's a longer season. I think we will be able to tell which pathway the Eagles should take at the end of the season and what they need to do acquiring a quarterback, either drafting or trading. But looking at the draft, um, and of course, we'll get into this when it's closer because it is far, far, far too early to be talking about the draft. But you have a guy like Spencer Rattler that I've seen in my I'm I'll, I'll share my share my thoughts on Rattler when it's closer to the draft on camera. That's fair. But I I don't know what we what would you do at the end of this season if Jalen Hurts does not work out. Trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's that's a bold thing to do. Considering all the things because that it is, we, we talked like Spencer Rattler, and I don't want to get into it because I know we got to touch Ben Simmons here. Yeah. But Spencer Rattler hasn't shown much, and you guys, obviously, as we all know, at Oklahoma, we expect Oklahoma to score like forty points a game. They just barely scored sixteen to beat West Virginia, so he's not moving the ball well. North Carolina's one and two. Sam Howell hasn't really done shit for North Carolina this year. So, if you want to make a splash and you want a quarterback that's going to step in here and be the real deal, Deshaun Watson's the only guy that's really available out there. Um, and throw all your chips in the one basket with Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you want to get back to winning a Super Bowl, Deshaun Watson in his prime, still in his what mid to late twenties, you're going to have him for years to come. Uh, you're going to have to take uh, take the take the chance on him. And I get it; he can go to prison any day of the week now. But uh, if you want to, if you want, yeah, I know, right? Like, oh, that's all right. The guy's going to go to prison, it's, so it's yeah, okay. no, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so yeah, definitely understandable there. But I mean, if you want to, you you asked me the question. That's kind of where I think we're going to have to go with it. But um, one other thing: why can we ever line up under center? Why the hell is he always in the shotgun? Can we ever get some smash mouth going downhill? We don't have the linemen to do it. And that's the main yeah. Issue. The offense can't do it. We do not have the well, offensive, offensive linemen. We're to in do for it. a long now, season. Now, Jordan Mailata, yes, he's built to do it. However, 
It's not going to, that's not their offensive design. Leonard Dickerson is built for it. It's not going to do it. Jason Kelsey's too small. Lane Johnson is built for it. Just not going to do it. We don't have, we, we just don't have that mentality. We just don't. I agree with you. I love that type of football. I do. I love the way I hate to say this. I love the way the Dallas Cowboys play offense. I do smash mouth football, dominate with the run, hit you over the top with the passes. I stink and love it. The issue is just not going to happen here. Reality. What do you guys think about Tyrod Taylor? What do you guys think about Tyrod Taylor? Now you just throw. Now you just throwing darts at the wall. Now you just throwing yeah, darts at the wall. See, well, you know, he looked good through the first two weeks before he got hurt. Now you, now, you, now you're just throwing darts at the wall, bro. You I'm understand what I'm saying? I don't want to watch. I'm not trying to watch this team lose twelve out of the next fifteen games. Yeah, well, you ain't got no choice, Max. This is a this is a rebuilding year. We all said that from the if very you, beginning. it's really right. not a rebuilding if year. You get, it's not because how many they got how many positions they got to fill? They got to fill linebackers. They got to fill pass rushers. They got to fill offensive linemen. You can't rebuild all that in one year or two years. You're gonna. That's what I'm process. saying. This is a that's re- why it's a. It's more than just one season, Max, that they're going to have to rebuild for. Um, and if you say, I guess if you bring in Tyrod Taylor, you would probably be getting rid of Jalen Hurts. And then Tyrod Taylor plays okay. Then it's like, what was that even? Was it even worth it? No. But for me, I don't know. Because in this draft right now, and we keep talking about the draft, but it's so far ahead. I don't really see a player that would really fit well in this Eagles scheme, especially since we kind of really don't know what the scheme is um, yep. with Nick Sirianni. It's no identity. It's just a huge question mark. All right, everybody. Well, listen, we'll be back talking birds next week here, probably after a devastating loss again to the Chiefs. But uh, you never know. Somebody's got to be positive, but it's not going to be me right now with what I've seen through. Yeah, the well, last couple weeks. I'm already predicting the Chiefs right now. We got our ass kicked. That's what we're going to be saying all all day next week. Yeah, knowing the Eagles, though, they'll come out and it'll be like a three-point Chiefs win. Uh, so who, who knows? Um, but, again, we got to move on here because I know there's Ben Simmons talk. We got about 10 minutes left. Ben Simmons, not at media day. Joel Embiid was there cracking some jokes with Danny Green, who, by the way, and I, I want to start with this. Did everybody forget all of a sudden, like Danny Green is back being a cool guy? Like, oh, Dan- like did he not just bash the city like two, three, four months ago? Like, everybody yeah. swept that and under the rug. Let's right? like, also oh, not forget how inconsistent that man was in the beginning of the season and towards yeah. the middle, too. I agree with you. I didn't really want Danny Green back either. Somehow he got two years, what about 15, 10 million, whatever it was. I just think I don't really like Danny Green. And now he's back and everything's like all. Oh, Everybody's all fun and games now, right? Like, just forget what I said on the radio, like, end of the season about the fans. Everything's cool. So, listen, I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be the starting point guard on opening night for this team. And good for him because that dude can ball out. And you guys are going to see it this year. I'm so high on Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think he's going to have a great season. I like Seth Curry more off the bench, limit his minutes, give you an offensive spark. Because I feel like he's not that he's injury prone, but he gets banged up here and there a little a little bit with soft tissue injuries and whatnot. So I think if you roll with Tyrese Maxey and, and and Danny Green in the backcourt, maybe Thibel takes that next step into the starting lineup. We'll see. Just about we'll to see. Say I'm not 100. percent But um, without the Ben, as long as the Ben Simmons distraction is gone out of this team, I think it's just going to be another fun year with MB doing his thing. Now, listen, whether what seed are they going to be? That's so far down the road. Are they going to make the uh, make the Eastern Conference Finals run, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. But just as a regular season perspective, uh, I think it's going to be fun as long as we can eliminate the Ben Simmons uh, issue. 
Yeah, that's the but that's the main issue, and this is going to be hanging over us until the situation finally comes to a close. Is this Ben Simmons issue? And it's it's infuriating at this point because both sides are wrong in this situation. Ben Simmons is wrong because not you turned your back on the organization who had who has done nothing but support you. And coddle you. back on the city, Tay. Oh, and then city. I'm, I'm gonna oh, get to that. I'm gonna get to that. So and then soft. you turn your back on the fans, who you say what is one of the reasons why? Apparently, rumor has it that you're not coming back because you don't want to yeah. face the fans, the fans who cheered you yeah. on every single time you went to that free throw line, the fans that cheered you on and stood up, you stood up on their feet for every damn three point attempt. To hell if it went in or not, Tanner. Yeah. But yeah, well, listen to I think uh, this is a message to Ben Simmons, and it's just like you're not that much of an important person. And I'm going to drive all the way to Camden and set up picket signs and, and boo you when you walk in. <laughs> just shut up. Like, like no one cares about you as a yeah. person. Let me let me because say this, Tanner, real yeah, quick. Let he's a bum. This. <laughs> I want to say now, now Ben's. This is the thing that I, I we've all know this was gonna how this was gonna go down and play out. You know the whole the whole fine thing. Is he gonna get tra- when is he gonna get traded? He's gonna get traded. We all knew this was going down, right? So I've kind of already washed my hands with Ben Simmons. I think he's done with this team. We'll see what we get for him. My issue now lies with Doc Rivers because everything that comes out of Doc Rivers' mouth just irks me to no end because he's just a just a flat out liar. Like, he's not real with you whatsoever. I think Maury, and, and you had the media day, obviously, yesterday, and they were discussing during the interviews and stuff. I think Maury's just a shoot-from-the-hip kind of guy. Like, he's going to be straight with you. Like, you ask him a question, if it's something he doesn't feel comfortable answering or can't answer, he'll just be straight with you and say, listen, I can't answer that. You know, I'm not going to get into those details, like, and just be flat out with you or tell you how it is. With Doc Rivers, he's always trying to paint, like, this pretty perfect picture, like, no, we want Ben Simmons back. Like blah 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 right. blah. Like he's never always he's playing like, the fence. But here's the he's thing. Always, go exactly. ahead. Finish your point. He's um, always bullshitting. T. I mean, it's like and and it's like he. What does he want? Like I get it. Yeah, Kevin Garnett and blah blah. Like with them, underperform with the Clippers, underperform with the Sixers, I, and and during his press conferences, it's like he's always scared to say the wrong thing. Like with this city, just come out and say how it is. At the end, I, I hate people that are always trying to like scheme us or think we're some stupid fan base like we know what the deal is that's why i like maury that's why i think he's flat out but doc rivers especially mentioning ben simmons like he was asked a question from the media yesterday and he was like ah, i don't know i was on like the third hole playing 18 I, I don't really remember seeing it or what is it like a quote or something like that um in the media like just just like stuff that makes me want to punch him in the face in a way, but that, that might be a little too far. Yeah. Yeah. You are going a little bit too far, but here's the thing. I think <laughs> you're going way too far, but I, I think, the, the, I think the issue with doc rivers and I won't, I'm not going to say you underperformed in Philadelphia because they're Brett Brown had the same team and did not ever take them to a first seed. And that's one thing that you can hang on doc rivers. Here's the thing though. I don't think, I think doc rivers, you know, going into the media, talking to Stephen A. Smith and saying all these good things about Ben Simmons, I don't think that's Doc Rivers saying that retort. I think that's the overall organization in general just trying to save face, okay? Because the reality is they botched this whole Ben Simmons thing. Here's the reason why I'm pissed off with them, because you overvalued Ben Simmons. The entire damn league knows who Ben Simmons is, all right? He's a big-ass point guard who can't shoot. He can defend, but he can't shoot. That's an issue. 
which means that the rest of your players on the court are going to have to be shooters. You're going to have to create an entire offense around this guy. And after five, six years, has it been since he's been in the NBA? There has been no development. There has been no change in, in his game. Yes, he's improved defensively, but he's still a liability on the offensive side of the ball. That's the I reason why Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's I the reason. But that's the reason why you're not. That's the reason why. Well, the organization is not getting the value back. That's the reason why Ben Simmons is still here because they continue to overvalue him. You can't do it. Everybody knows who Ben Simmons is. Disagree with what you were saying about how it wasn't all Doc Rivers like saying all this stuff. I don't think it's all Doc. And um, Glenn Rivers, he because he doesn't deserve to be called Doc right now. I'm mad at him. I'm not calling him Doc. He but just lies, Tanner. He just he's going lies. back and forth. At the end of the season, after game seven, he says, I don't know if this team can be a championship team with Ben Simmons at he, point guard. And you don't think and the, now and you don't think the organization the went to rumors, him and hold on said, go ahead. When those when those rumors come out and Rivers is like Oh, yeah, we want Ben back. We think he could really be a, a big asset on this team for a championship run. He doesn't know what to say. He just wants to play with the the media in a way, I guess. He wants to be the good guy. He wants to, I don't know if he doesn't, he doesn't want to ruin his relationship with Ben Simmons or something. He knows Ben Simmons isn't coming back. And then you have, because I'm just going to finish all my points because the show is wrapping up. Yeah. Ben Simmons does not want to be booed, but he's doing all of this stuff that is just going to make fans boo him more. If you remember during quarantine, he said he hoped that those like the sounds that they're pumping in the stadium had booze in them. And now going into real life, when fans boo him, he says fans got to be better, blah, blah, blah. Danny Green said the same thing. Max mentioned it. Earlier, he practically said the same exact thing, yet, um, I guess, let bygones be bygones for Danny Green, whatever. But then Ben Simmons finally talks to the media. I feel like he's been under a rock, really, not really saying much. But you have Joel Embiid saying he would love to have Ben Simmons back, blah, blah, blah. Ben Simmons denies their trip, like he declines them to come and visit him in L.A., uh, his teammates and friends says, don't come. Don't even try talking me into the Sixers. And then Ben's or Embiid's talking about how their chemistry is still good, blah, blah, blah. Then Simmons says, uh, I think I think me playing with Embiid has has run its course. What a jackass. But you but here's the thing, though, with, with Doc Rivers. You don't think for one second that the organization went to him after he said those comments. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Hey, man, you Yo, we got we got some we got some things we got to clean up because you said that. You don't think the organization the organization took a hit because Doc Rivers said that. The reason being is because probably the organization in the back of their minds was still trying to trade Ben Simmons, and with the coach saying that he's not a he's not a championship point guard. Oh crap! The rest of the team saw that. Not only did Ben yeah. Simmons not help out his value, but now the coach comes out and says that. Now we really got to run damage control. So yes. They're gonna kiss. You're gonna kiss Ben Simmons' ass. Yes, they are. Reason being because Doc Rivers slipped up with his feelings. That's the reality. Doc Rivers said what he said, but I do think the organization went to Doc Rivers and was like, "Yo, man, no, you shouldn't have said that. 
Now we got to run damage control because we're trying to trade this guy and you just basically plummeted his value, his value to, into the ground. That I think in my personal opinion, I think that's what happened. But look, yeah, this is a messed up situation all the way around. And you know what? Simmons is a, is a selfish player, but this is what happens with these new age athletes because they are coddled so much. I'm done. All right. Take Scumbag. Right, shut it down. Shut it down. All right. This was y'all. Hey, was, y'all big was, game for the Phillies tonight. Just want to plug that in because T loves the Phillies. Hey, shut up. Y'all was very angry today. I just want y'all to know that. Y'all missed any of this episode. You can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major downloadable platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the entire Shabbat. Can we not be this angry, y'all? Like, I felt like we were attacking each other today. Like, we just need to come together. That's what just... makes good radio, too. <laughs> like, I just feel like we just need to come together and just hug each other. Let's, 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 let's Doug Peterson say, let's love on each other. Do we know it's hard? I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Shut the F up for life. He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up.